Hello, I am Sarah Ruffi, the Woman Warrior Lawyer, and today we're chatting with Sylvia Kanopko. So, Sylvia, introduce yourself and tell you where, tell us where you live. Hi, I'm Sylvia Knopko, and I currently live in Sarasota, Florida, in beautiful United States. <laughs> and um, I just absolutely love my little paradise. I came to States from Poland almost 20 years ago, and I lived a little bit in New Jersey for about five years, but I came to visit Florida once, and I just fell in love. So five years later, I decided to move here. <laughs> and I'm still here. So you grew up in Poland. How how old were you when you left Poland? I graduated from university. Uh, I believe I was 23 years old. And um, I had my cousin here who graduated the year before me, and she came to visit her family, and she stayed. And she said, come on and visit. So I came to visit them still on vacation 20 years later, enjoying <laughs> my life. I love that you're still on vacation. At what yes. point did you decide that you wanted to move, live in the United States or that you didn't want to live in Poland? Um, see, when I came here and I saw all the opportunities and, you know, I really liked the lifestyle. I had some family here and I saw a lot of opportunities, but I knew that it's going to be a hard work for me to get to where I wanted to go, and it's not going to happen overnight. So uh, one of the big reasons why I actually stayed was because I met my ex-husband within three months when I came here, and of course, we fell in love, and we got married. But, you know, my big goal was always, I had a master's degree from Poland, and I wanted to make sure that I wanted to do something and that will have something in common with my education, which was my background was in education. I wanted to be a teacher, but I knew that I won't be able to do it um, in state unless I go back to school. So it turned out that in New Jersey, I'll have to go back to school for three years. And unfortunately, I didn't have finances for that at the time. And option of cleaning houses for a living did not look very appealing for me, even though <laughs> I tried for three days and I said, I think I'm good. <laughs> I'll find a different way. I think you made it longer than I would have. Yes. So I was like, okay, let's see what I can do. I know I have to go back to school. I have to figure out a way how. And when I moved down to Florida, Florida had completely different requirements. And it turned out I only have to take three tests. And they were like really huge tests, especially the one, the last one, which was general knowledge. It's a four hour long test that you have to do math, uh, grammar, you got, you have to write essay and it's just very complicated. And there's few people that will pass it the first time. It's like taking a bar exam, something kind of very similar on this level in a way that how many people will pass. So I took the test and um, I had to prepare for a very long time for that. And unfortunately, I had a friend that was uh, helping me, tutor me a little bit. And can you believe that I passed it the first time? All of course I them. believe that you passed I, it the first time. I was just like in tears. But anyway, this is where everything has changed for me. I mean, the first thing was, you know, this was my biggest goal. If I'll stay here, I would like to work in my career or do something that I know that I am mentally capable of doing. So that's what I did. And here I am now working at elementary school, teaching my kiddos and enjoying it so much. It's just such a joy for me to be able to work with young minds, educate them, watch them grow. And it's just, I don't know, it's from what I learned, it meets every single of my needs. That's why I think I do it, you know. But that was my big thing. But I wanted to stay in States for many reasons. It was just, you know, not except not only my uh, ex-husband, but the fact that there were so many more opportunities at the time, I thought, comparing to Poland. Uh, I could travel so much more. I could do so much more. I had so many more, like, independence, freedoms, and just being able to to uh, um, achieve things, you know what I mean? Set up my goals, and actually it was possible for me to get it. In Poland, it would, at that time, it would take me 
years, years, years longer to even save up money to buy apartment or buy a house or do anything. And here with, you know, the way the mortgages were set up and everything else, it was just so many more opportunities to have a better life. So that's why I chose that. So one of the things you said was that teaching fills all of your needs. Mm -hmm. What needs are filled for you by teaching? Well, I was talking about all the Tony Robbins needs. Referring I just to figured that. Certainty, uncertainty, because I am all about variety and looking for new things. And there's not a one day that it's the same at school. Working with the different kiddos every single day, every single year, you have every single kid is so different. And you just have to figure it out how to get to them. All of them learn in a, such a different way. And it makes me step up my game. I have to figure it out, you know, how to get to them, what kind of tools I need to do. I have about eight, nine years ago, I met a lady who was teaching in the classroom next door to me, and she became my mentor. And until now, she's my mentor. I'm on the phone with her every single day now, because there is not a year, not a month, not a week that something happens that I have never dealt with before, and I need advice, or I have to brainstorm to find a solution, because I've never seen anything like that before you know what I mean so it's definitely that and you know every single other thing that teaching gives me it's so fulfilling and it's a service and it's just giving the best out of me to all those kids and making sure that they can do the best they can building up the leadership building up the you know self awareness and self-esteem knowing that the kiddos can believe in themselves and they can do well, you know what I mean? Just kind of working on their mindset to create a growth growth set. So it's like the same thing with me. I'm like, this is my mindset. You know, it's all about growth. It's all about learning. It's all about achieving new things. It's all about, you know, serving others and making sure that I can help. And I love helping. And that's just, you know, that's who I am. <laughs> that's cool. And I know, um, I think it was a couple years ago, we were talking in, the classroom that you were teaching in, most of the kiddos didn't speak English. Yes, I had 10 kids. And they spoke Spanish, right? Yes. But you didn't, if I recall correctly. Yes, I did not speak Spanish, no. At least not at the beginning of the year. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> did you get Spanish by fire? No, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I wouldn't say I was fluent or anything like that, but... This is one of the way that you have to figure out how to communicate with kids. This year, I have a boy who's Portuguese, came in from Brazil two months before school started, knowing zero words. But this year, I already had a Siri in my hand. So, Siri, how do you say in Portuguese? <laughs> I'll just put it by his ear, let him listen. Oh, my goodness, he went such a long way. But you wouldn't believe how much you have to involve your body language picture especially with the portuguese yes and you know some words are similar to polish that i could figure out what he's saying but that those are similar single words not um words that are those full sentences and when he speaks quickly in a full sentence i'm like excuse me say it again sweetie <laughs> one more time quite a bit more, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah so i throughout my career bump into so many challenges so many from behavior to curriculum to lack of language to working at Title I school that the previous school that I was at was 98% poverty. It was the high, highest poverty in the county. So dealing with so many different things, which was trying to support the kiddos on everything that I can, you know what I mean? Best we can to make sure that they have the best year at school and they can learn and they can be successful later on when they move up. So how old are the kids that you teach? Now I'm teaching kindergarten. Um, when Corona started, I lost my job because they, like within the first week, because they were closing up our department. So, you know, first Corona, you got to deal with it. Then I lost the job and I'm like, what's going on here? So two weeks later, my principal offered me a job uh, as a kindergarten teacher. And I never taught kindergarten and I didn't want to do it. So I'm like, um, I took it. But I knew I'll be looking for the job. So in the middle of the summer, I was hired in three schools. And I had opportunity to pick a place where I wanted to be. 
So after all these years, I was able to go to Sarasota County, where I actually live, and get a job in the best paying county in entire Florida state. This is like the, for teachers. And also, it's, the school is about 10 minutes away from you, which was beautiful and convenient. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and let's let's not forget one thing, the very important fact about that school. When I came to States, I came here three weeks after September 11th. I already had the ticket bought, and I was horrified. And I'm like, why am I even flying there? So when September 11th happened, President Bush was at that school where I work at now. He was visiting, yes. So when you're visiting a school, like in the library, they have all the pictures of the president. That was actually the the lady who's my principal right now. She was actually a principal at the time, so she met him. So it's just such an amazing feeling to be part of a school like that. You know what I mean? Because that's a part of a history. I mean, it was such a, I mean, horrifying day, but um, this is where I am right now. So Thank you, COVID, for giving me opportunity. Actually, when COVID started and we all lost job, it was about 10 of us. And I, w- I was a team leader at the time and we were leaving cafeteria. And all the girls go like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do now? And I, I, I'm i telling you, I turn around, I look at them, and I said, you know what? There is very opportunity waiting for us somewhere. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm freaking out what's going to happen next. How am I going to live, pay my bills, and where am I going to get a job? Because as of summer starts, I'm out. But <clears throat> I just was able to, you know, um, uh, apply for many different positions. And I got dropped in three schools. And I was talking to my friends about it. And he goes, you know, oh, my God, do you know how lucky you are? Everybody's losing job right and left. And you have three schools <laughs> and three jobs. So I'm like, yes, I think I'm very blessed. Well, so, life happens for us, not for us, to us, right? That's, that's how I felt from the minute it happened. I couldn't understand it yet at the time. But I just kept telling myself, it's happening for me. I have to find a lesson and a learning and opportunity in it. Just got to figure it out where it is. So, Well, knowing that you are a big Tony Robbins fan. Yes. And have gone to a number of his events with his theories and ideas and the the brain work that goes into those events being firmly ingrained in your head. Yes. I happen to know that. What, nah, do you teach your kiddos those lessons, even though they aren't aware of what they're learning? Yes. And I have to tell you something. That's one of the things that I really love about my school is in the morning after they do announcements, they do something that's called Inner Explorer, and it's some kind of meditation. And it also teaches you gratitude and other things. So one day, I'm like, okay, I'm going to step it up a notch. I'm going to do priming with them. But I can't play Tony's because the language will not be appropriate for a six-year-old. That would be correct. But I can guide them playing the music that he plays during the event. And I actually did it. And my kids were so amazed. They were like, when they opened up their eyes, they all went, can we do it again tomorrow? (laughs) So, yeah, and I do a lot of things with them. Even, let's say, you know, I've done several programs, not only events, but programs that he's teaching you about, you know, self-talk. And uh, let's say there's some quotes from his programs that every day and every way we're getting better and better. So let's say when I teach them things and they progress, that's what I keep repeating them. And they say it as a mantra with me and they repeat that and they actually know it themselves right now. So, and, you know, I teach them how to celebrate. I teach them, you know, the big thing is the triangle that when you have to change your physiology first, when something is not going right, and I'm trying to do it with them. It's actually a very hard work when they're trying to shut down. Because I have, depending what is causing the shutdown, if it's anger, they're going to stay there longer. It's very hard to get them out of that state. But if they um, 
some of them are just not that long in there. There's just so many ways I find out via music, via jumping, via doing so many things. I even play like, let's go for brain break with them. What you do and jump, the Tony's events and stuff like that. And they absolutely love it. So yeah, I incorporated so many things with them. And um, about six years ago, I was piloting new program, new curriculum. In a county, they were supposed to uh, uh, change curriculum. And I was, they chose like six people out of county and I was one of them. And later at the end of the school year, and I worked that year with all the curriculum specialists and all the wonderful people in the, uh, in the state and the county. And they were filming um, lessons and everything in the classroom. They had interviews filmed with the parents. And at the end, they put that all together with the results that we got um, into one like 10-minute long video that was presented to the superintendent to approve this curriculum. And based on the results I had, they did. And that was the year that I was introduced to Tony Robbins. So I started all my learning and start all that stuff. And I, the following year, I started to incorporate everything that I learned into my kids, how to manage their state, how to manage their focus, how to make sure that they get the best learning, how to reach every single one of them, how to build rapport with them. You know what I mean? How to talk to them, how to just connect with them on a different level that, they know that they're being loved here, and I'm here to help and support them with everything and anything they need. That I'm not here, you know, to be somebody who's going to be yelling, screaming, and being mean to them. But, you know, it takes a village to build this community. And they have such a sense of community and support and caring for each other like I've never seen before. So it was a, such an amazing thing. It was the first year that I actually practiced everything I did. And remember when we were doing Carolyn's challenges and all that stuff mm -hmm. from hugging trees? I did all of that with the kiddos. <laughs> so, and, and we went out and we have both gone out and hugged trees. We've both walked on fire. We've done all sorts of crazy things. That's correct. But one lesson that I've learned through all of those experiences is how we are all energy and we are all connected through that energy. And then when we channel that energy, amazing things can happen. Mm -hmm. So over the six years, well, first off, how long have you been a teacher? Uh, 13 years now. Okay. It's my 14th year, I think. So about halfway through is when yes. you were introduced to Tony. And mm -hmm. based on what you said, I take that to you changed your teaching style. Absolutely. By incorporating his philosophy and the whole mindset thing instead of just teaching you, you're reading, you're writing, your arithmetic or whatever yes. I'm supposed to teach you. Have, what differences have you noticed in the kids if any between those two teaching methods from the standpoint of their their self-esteem their self-worth even their their involvement and exchange with each other their their interactions see i think everything has changed do you know why because i changed and one big thing that i learned in teaching is, let's say, if you have a day that you come into the classroom and the kids are not listening to you, you would, in the past, I would say, oh my gosh, what are they doing? Why are they not listening? What's happening? So everything has changed after I was introduced to Tony because I noticed one thing. There's something that I'm not doing the way I'm supposed to be doing that's affecting them. So every time there's something not going the way it's supposed to be, like, what am I doing right now with myself? how I have to learn how to manage my step, state and be constantly aware of it, not to get pulled into nonsense with other teachers, with other problems and stay focused where I need to be and just focus on the kiddos and to focus on delivering the best I can, no matter what's happening outside of the room, how it affected kiddos. They saw very happy teacher who came in to the classroom. I started to ask, completely different questions, not only to students, but to myself. So let's say I had a problem with a custodian. My classroom classroom was not clean. So I kept always getting upset about it. Oh my gosh, I got to go to principal. I got to talk to them again. This is not done. This is not done. And I focus on the negative thing, what's not done. 
And when I met Tony, I started to ask questions, what's my outcome? What do I want? I want this classroom to be clean. Oh, how can I get it done? Maybe I can call different custodian in the morning. Oh, maybe I can go and do this. Oh, maybe I can get help here. Oh, maybe. And suddenly problems started to solve themselves because I focused on what my outcome is and I started to ask different questions. And you and started to ask better questions. Better questions that actually would give me solution that I want. In the past, I'll be just upset about something that wasn't getting done, but it didn't change my outcome. The floor was still dirty. And then I just, I learned so many different strategies. Oh my goodness. It just, my life has changed completely. I became like, like suddenly you're so open-minded that there's just so many possibilities. They're endless. You just have to know how to find them. I became so much more resourceful. And <clears throat> that's what I was teaching my kiddos too. Because once I change my questions, I'll change the questions that I'm asking to the kiddos too. I change the way I approach them. I change the, the, the way I introduce the subject. I change the way from, you know, punishment, go to timeout and put your head down to actually connecting with a student and tell me what's wrong. Because your behavior, you're not mean. Your behavior is just showing me that there's something not right there, but you don't have words to tell me what it is. So I have to pause, stop, and talk to you and connect with you. Because you're not a robot that came to school to, to do whatever you need to be doing. You're just a human being and you have feelings just like me. And I have to learn how to connect with you on the right level. So there's so many lessons. The self-esteem self of my kiddos absolutely went up 100% because that was my biggest focus for them. <clears throat> it's not what you know. My biggest goal is to always teach them how to think so you know where to find the answers. Because you might have five books in the front of you, and it doesn't mean you have to read them all to know what's the most important thing in it, but it can teach you how to find it. It's the same, you don't know alphabet letters. Okay, where can you find in the room and figure it out what's the answer? So it's just teach them thinking. And self-esteem, it was so important because a lot of kids will just give up. I can't do it, put their head down on the table, cry and stuff. And I will just keep saying, yes, you can do it. Say it. I'm smart. And I will just do this mantra with them. And until now, I'm doing it. I'm smart. I'm beautiful. I'm strong. And, and they just do it with me, and it becomes automatic. And then it's the best thing to watch them when they're actually working on something in their own desk. And I hear them talking to themselves, saying it. I can do it. I'm strong. And it's just you keep, you just keep them moving forward. And that's my biggest goal, growth. And you got to go forward. Well, teaching them the power of positive affirmations and taking responsibility for themselves. I love, yeah, I don't know if you knew, but I'm also certified as a Canfield trainer, Jack Canfield, the chicken okay. soup soul guy. Mm -hmm. And his success yes. principles in the first one is taking 100% responsibility for your life. Yes, absolutely. And I see that that is something huge that you're doing like with the janitor and with if the kids aren't behaving the way you want them to what what are you doing to contribute to that and what what do you need to change to get a better result i just yeah. think that is so powerful and the kids are gonna they're not gonna realize the power of the gifts that you're giving them until maybe they're older I, yeah, and I know that I will take credit for that one day, but <laughs> it's just watching them do things like that, taking responsibility, becoming the person that they need to be, not try, not giving up, just try, just do it again. I'm here to help you, and I will help you, but teaching them how to ask for help. And, you know, I always had to deal with so many challenging behaviors, but one thing I learned about behavior is... The kids, just like us grown-ups, everybody in this world, we all want just one thing. It's love. And they learn two ways how to get it. The one way is to be a pleaser. I'll do everything and anything for you. The other way is I'm going to be so defiant and do everything in opposite just to get your attention. So all the kids, when they're little, learn which way you can get it faster. So if you can get it faster by not listening, yelling, doesn't matter if your mom is yelling, screaming, uh, hitting you or whatever, 
it's one-on-one -on -one just with mommy and that's what I want. And I don't care what she's going to do to me, but I want your attention. The one that have positive parents that focus on, you know, what's good, will have most likely pleasers that will do everything and anything for you. So, you know, once I figured out, and this was actually, you know, learning from Tony as well. Once I figured that out, that this is how they roll, I was like, this is it. Game is over. There is another kid that I won't be able to turn around because now I know how. I know what they're looking for, and I know how to give it to them. And, you know, there are so many challenging behaviors that are so hard to break. And actually, I had one this year when I came to the class in the school. And the beautiful thing about school where I'm at, there's so much support there. So I basically had a village come in to help me turn this kid around because I had, didn't know how. She would withdraw suddenly out of the blue and crawl around the classroom to the point that she would give herself burns on her knees. She wouldn't stop. You know, I can't grab her. And so we have a behavior specialist and we have five people that can help you. So, you know, they all came there, observe, and they're like giving me ideas. And I know this kid a little bit and I'm like, she already was kicked out out of different school after first week of school because they couldn't deal with her from a different public school. So I went to this guy who works with me, who's a behavior specialist. And he actually sat down with me and, you know, print out a couple of pages from the book. And I'm like, you know, I'm listening to them because I'm new at the school, but I'm like, I think I'm going to go back to what I used to do. So you have to basically completely ignore this behavior. It's not existing. But the second she stops and she does what I want her to do, All the right. word stops. We are clapping for you. We bow down to you and you get everything and anything you want. So I put her on a calendar that um, she had a printout calendar uh, in her folder that will go home and she could get six smiley faces every single day for certain activities like read aloud, journal, and whatever activities we were doing. It took me months and a half to turn the kid around, and this was since the beginning of the school year, and now she's going for the principal award next week. So I was like, you know what? I learned so much from Tony, and every single thing I incorporated was some new learning, and, you know, just having this growth mindset that I'm always going to look for new solution, new uh, approach. I'll try anything and everything at least once, and if it's not working, I'm just going to keep going and find another one because I always surround myself with a village of people that can help or that have some ideas, even the craziest sounding ideas. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why would you even try that? I'm like, you know what? They've been there. They've done it. Let me not reinvent the wheel. Let's just try. Maybe it will work with this kid. And if it won't, I got to figure out a different way. So the teaching is able be able to help these kids and turn them around and help them stay focused on what they need to be focused and do what they need to be doing, which is learn at school. Because behavior, if you have a behavior challenges, you can't teach, I mean, you can't learn. And I couldn't teach if you have to deal with it. So anyway, this is actually one of my biggest thing to do my little miracles with them and help them learn and stay focused on what they need to. I mean, she's my angel now. I mean, you wouldn't even know there is a child in the classroom. And she's the sweetest thing ever. She was just not able to verbalize what she wants and her needs. So she will completely shut down, withdraw, and crawl like a baby around the room. Six-year-old child. So, amazing. yeah, and there was just, you know, teaching has just given me so many wonderful uh, experiences and stories, and it's a big growth for myself. I mean, a lot of people don't even know that teachers, we are constantly going through training after training after training, Every single year, learning new things. You want it or not, we changing system. Technology changes. Something changes. It's just there is like so many trainings we have to go through. We're not some of them. We're not even getting paid for, and you you have to do it to have a job. You know what I mean? But it's just in my case, it's just a career, and I absolutely love what I do. So earlier you talked about like with COVID and everything shut down, and you lost your job. Being in Florida, Florida opened up more than a lot of other states and sooner. Mm -hmm. Changes or how did you have to pivot to go back to school in September of this year rather than being stuck virtually? Um, so what happened is our governor said that he's not going to continue school shutdown. 
and both counties, because it was Manatee County and Sarasota County where I work currently, they decided to open up the schools. So all my students, we are distancing them as much as we can. All of my students are wearing masks every single day. I wear a mask and sometimes I switch to shield when we do phonics, phonemics awareness and they have to see so they my mouth see. and hear me better. So I do it, but it's never longer than 15 minutes. Uh, everybody has a shield, like a big shield on their desk, like a little a divider. So they stay there. Um, if I do any big activities on the rock altogether, from dancing to songs to anything else, it's also not longer than 15 minutes, but that's it. Even if they go to cafeteria, everybody has their own clear shield. So they have to sit behind one. There's uh, so many things in place right now uh, that's related to contact tracing. For every single activity that we have with them, from specials to where they sit in a classroom to where they sit on a rug, we have to have um, and we have to have um, what is it called? Um, no, no, no. We have to have a schedule, and we have to have a place where they sit that is being sent to everybody, so they know if somebody gets sick or was exposed, how to contact trace who is sitting next to who at the time. They have to have it also like. Uh, for a lunchroom where they're sitting, when they stand in line, they have to be in the same order every single day. So, you know, if something happens, and I actually had two kids that were exposed. Uh, that was actually 10, 10 days ago because they came back to school. Now, um, I believe the teacher in specials was either exposed or sick because the teacher and both of these students were quarantined for 10 days. And when I asked my students in the class, where are they sitting? In the classroom, when they have science, the sitting chart was the word I was missing. That's what we have to send out to everybody. They said that both students were sitting in the front of the teacher. So that's why I figured out that somebody was related to the teacher. But anyway, they have so many things in place right now, you know, from hand sanitizer to washing hands to uh, even when I have kids line up, I'm like, we're trying to really keep six feet apart. It's not always possible, but, you know, I'm pretty lucky that I have a pretty big, big classroom so I can spread them pretty wide so they're not sitting next to each other. And despite all of the the extra, the seating chart for kindergarten yes. and the shields, do you find that the techniques and the Tony Robbins techniques that you're using for mindset and priming, mm -hmm. do you believe that those are helping your kids get through oh. all of the social isolation and distancing that's being thrown on them? Absolutely. And, you know, this is so new to the kiddos, just like it's new to me. But we have to just figure out the best way. You know, the one thing from Tony Robbins also is like, you know, I could never refuse hug for the kiddos. But, you know, and we were hugging at the beginning, since the beginning of the school year, you know, until these boys got quarantined. I'm like, you know what? Maybe we should just do air hug air hug, air hug. <laughs> so we're distancing right now. But I have to incorporate other things. But, you know, we are just doing the best we can. But, you know, trying to incorporate everything that I learned from Tony. And it just changes daily. It could be a little situation. It could be something big. It's something that one kid, I have to teach him how to believe, believe in himself. The other one just needs help in a different area. One needs to learn how to celebrate little successes, and I can't teach them how to shake their ass because that will not be a good one. <laughs> but we can pat ourselves on our back or we can celebrate. And, you know, the biggest thing with celebration is I want them to really believe in self. it be successful. So every time I have a little kiddo, tiny, tiny step, success. The world stops. The whole class is clapping. We all celebrate their success. We're all trying to help each other, learning how to support each other. And, you know, from Tony lessons, I mean, the lessons are endless. Well, because any little step forward or any forward motion is still moving forward. Exactly. No matter how big or small it might be. And even if they go back for a minute, I learn how to change their mind, not give up, focus on successes. And that's why we celebrate success so much. Because more you see that you can succeed, it's like, let me try one more time. Let me do it again. The easier it becomes. Yes, of course. And just teaching them that they can do it. They don't need to have somebody standing over them every 10 minutes 
and helping them or holding their hands. No. So it's just, you know, biggest thing is the growth mindset, believing in yourself, knowing that in order to move forward, you have to, you have to take steps. You have to take a risk. You have to understand that it might not look as pretty at the beginning when you start, but guess what? Practice is the one thing that makes a master. And that's what we have to do. So it's just, and they just get us so better and better. And they, they really wanted to work together as a team. They just wanted to succeed. They want to get better. It's like, let's say we have one of the biggest, like boring activities that I have to do with them, which is repetition of certain things for phonics. I'm like, it's boring for myself, but I'm like, we have to make it fun because it's almost 15 minutes. And that, you lose the kids after five minutes. So I made it You're fun. You're lucky to keep them for five. I know. And I, I made it so much fun. I'm like, okay, now we had to repeat alphabet cards. A, A, Apple, B, B, Bear, or something like that until you go through whole alphabet. So we just made it fun. Okay, let's do it like a grandma style. Like Tony was doing, you know, crazy stuff. We're going to go super slow. Okay, let's beat the clock right now. Who's going to do it super fast? But, you know, I can't do it all the time super fast because they still have to learn. But you got to bring that interest, engagement, that now when it's time to do something, they all hate it. They go, hey, buddy, yeah! <laughs> so it's like, you know, uh, money loves, I mean, paper loves, paperwork loves me. I love paperwork. That kind of concept, remember? <laughs> like yeah. when you don't like sure. to do certain things, still get You got to tell your brain that you do and just suck it up. Yeah, but I that's one of the things. Yeah. A little bit. I'm sorry? I want to shift gears a little bit. Okay. Love sure. talking about the kiddos. Yes, now sir. I want to talk about you. All right. Because... You know, it's usually everybody's favorite subject. <laughs> One of your comments earlier was about new experiences and seeing different things. What When you were growing up in Poland, you grew up during communism to begin with. Yes. Just given the the current culture in the United States... What what were some of your big lessons or um, takeaways that you could share with people in the United States as to what was it like growing up in Poland under the communist regime? See, one biggest thing that I learned was how important freedom is, especially freedom of your mind, the way you think the way you act, and going for the things in your life that was in such a scarcity. You couldn't get it. It was so hard to get things. You really have to become so creative in so many ways. And that's uh, something actually that taught me in so many ways how to be creative, how to be resourceful, how to find different ways of getting things because it was not available. It's not like here you can come to the store and there's 3 million different things available and you can go ahead and get it. And it kind of kills creativity with kids. That's what I noticed. Because it's just, okay, if I can get this, I can get that. All they do is sit at home. When I was young, the one word I knew was uh, outdoors. And that's all we did. It was exploring. It was playing games. It was creating. We were not glued to the computer game. You know what I mean? So that's one of the things. Uh, the freedom. I mean, I'm telling you, it's just one of my highest values always. And when COVID started, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm back when I was 12. And I'm like, how am I going to deal with that now? Because, you know, when you're 12, you don't have a lot of choices, but now I do. But I can't live the way I lived before. You know what I mean? But it's just the concept of understanding this is temporary. It will end. But how can I use the time to do what I wanted to do? And, you know, I still found a way this last summer to go and travel a little bit, still found a way to go visit friends and, you know, and still be safe. And the goodness didn't get sick. But, you know, living in the United States is just a, such a beautiful thing for me that from the beginning gave me opportunity to go after things that I wanted to go. Things that at the beginning were like impossible for me to achieve. Um, about eight years ago, I decided that I wanted to get divorced. And unfortunately, I didn't even have a $20 in my pocket. I didn't have one friend that I could go 
and spend time with when I'm trying to figure it out. And it was around 2008, seven that market collapsed. Our house was $100,000 under the water. There's no way you sell it. And I figure out that I decided I'm going to go my own way because it didn't work out. So this was like the biggest challenge for me. Okay, how are you going to do that? Because it's quite interesting. How, what, what are you going to do now? You're not moving back to New Jersey. You want to live here. You're making $20,000 a year. You're not going to be even able to get an apartment. And this was around the time that I uh, read Tony's first book. And I sat down after I read it, and I wrote six goals for myself. And I wrote those goals in a way that I'm like, okay, what I wrote, it was impossible at the time for me to do. It was just impossible to pass all these three tests and get hired as a teacher. The second goal was to buy my own house. I have no money, okay? I have no job. I have barely have a job. But they weren't impossible. Yeah, so it was six huge. I want to get a different car, and I want to get this and that. So I wrote those goals, and I so focused on them. Then within less than six months, I achieved all of them. All of it happened within like six months. But I was so focused. I got two more jobs. I was working 24-7. I saved up so much money that I could get divorced. I saved up so much money that I can get my own apartment. And then uh, I saved all this money and I put it down for my apartment and I bought my apartment and it was all happening with like six months. And I was like, just blown away. That's why I'm like, Tony Robbins. I mean, this guy's got some good advices over there because I see that I can actually do things that I never believed that will happen, but just staying focused on my goals every single day, thinking about, okay, what do I need? How much more do I need? What are the things I will have to do in order to get to where I wanted to go? Um, it's just, it was just finding solution after solution all the time when everything was like falling apart. Because, you know, when I first decided I want to get divorced, I'm like, I don't even have $20 in my pocket. I'm like, how am I going to do that? So, you know, my girlfriend told me, because I was smoking cigarettes at the time, she told me, you know, I quit. I'm like, what? How? She said, I read this book. It's called Easy Way to Stop Smoking. I'm like, she read a book and she quit smoking. Are you kidding me? I'm like, okay, I can read a book too. I read the yeah, book. But you can change never... it like that, right? Absolutely. I never took a cigarette to my mouth. And guess what I did at the time? Uh, every single money I would spend on cigarettes, I put it in a saving account. I had $2,000. Funny how that the... adds up, doesn't it? Yeah. Let me just put the lights on for a second because I. Sure. Sorry about that. But anyway, it's just. One big thing that I learned from all the challenges that you have in life is like you really have to stay focused on your goals. And I was actually watching some stuff, uh, you know, that Joseph is putting out there right now. And one of the big things that he was talking about is like you have to write down your goals and you schedule the time with Siri on your phone to review your goals at least once a day. He goes, if you're super ambitious, do it three, four times a day, but you have to have it in your face. And I'm like, this is exactly what I did all these years ago. I was looking at it every single day, maybe not physically every single day, but it was in my head. It was just drilled in my head so deep. I'm like, nothing's going to stop me. I know what I want. When I was in a relationship with my ex-husband at the time, you know, he was kind of running the show. And I'm like, now it's my turn to run my own show because I didn't like the way he was running that show. It was just not working very well for us. So anyway, I decided that, you know, there's so many opportunities in here. I just have to find them and figure it out. So that's here I am right now. Well, your life really wasn't falling apart. It was falling in place. It was, but at that time, it looked like, uh, what's going on here? I'm like, your parents live in Poland. You don't have a lot of friends here because we just moved to Florida. I'm like, there's nobody to help you. Go figure it out. <laughs> so, but you know what? This was the biggest learning growth and the time that I had to work the hardest in my life, but I would never change a thing about it. Because if I wouldn't go through my divorce, I wouldn't be where I am right now. So it was the hardest, but it was also the most rewarding, wasn't it? Yes, it was the most rewarding because I didn't have to say thank you to anyone for having things hand out to me. Every single thing I have, I paid for it by myself. And I'm just, you have a, such a different enjoyment and appreciation for things that 
you work for hard, not the one that we're just, here we go, boom. Tomorrow you're not going to even remember what it is. You know what I mean? So it's like just the, I mean, my self-esteem went skyrocketing that time when I was actually making all these changes, working on myself, you know, staying focused on things I want on my body and working out and creating new friendships and stuff like that. It was just such an amazing time, even though at the beginning it looked like, whoa, how are you going to do that? So if you were able to have a conversation with your 12-year-old self, Mm-hmm. what is one thing you would tell her never give up on your dreams because you know what i would never forget the conversation i had with my mom my dad was always all about Woo, let's go here let's go there and mom was very like stable no we have to be here we have to make money we have to pay bills we have to do this and she was always the one that would tell me things that basically what you're trying to get your wings ready, and she's just going to cut the wings, okay? Well, she'll always say, you're never going to get it. You're never going to do it. Like, I want to get to this high school. She said, don't even try because you're not going to get in there because there's so many other people going there, and you can't get in. So for a lot of times in my life, I realize now, all I was trying to do is prove my mom wrong. And I remember that I got to the high school that I wanted to, and my two other girlfriends that had a little bit higher grades they both failed. They couldn't get in. And like, we all wanted to go there together. Then I wanted to go to this university. She goes, don't even try it because you're not going to get in there. And of course I got in there. So I was about 12 years old and we had a subject at school called geography. So we had those big atlases that had pages and you can go see places all over the world. And I was just mesmerized by that. We got our books by the end of the school for the next upcoming school year, and I studied the whole thing. In the summer, I was done with the book. I knew everything and anything, what places, where are they? And I remember that I was lying down on my belly on the floor in my room, and I had this atlas open on Grand Canyon. And my mom is sitting behind me Then I'm like, oh, my God, Mom, I'm telling you, one day I'm just going to go to the Grand Canyon. And she started to laugh so hard. And she looks at me and she goes, yeah, put your finger on that map and go like this, because that's how you're going to go. That I can just go on the map. You know what I mean? Because I would never have opportunity to physically go there. Never be for real. Yes. And about three years ago, when I went on my trip across the country, that I was gone for a entire month and I was just, I, I never drove anywhere about farther than three and a half hours. And after I was start, starting to do Tony, I got in a car and I drove across the country for a month. And I got to the Grand Canyon. And this was my first thought. My mom said, I will never be able to make it here. And look at you, girl. You <laughs> go, like, girl. Even the little dreams that I had when I was little, if it's still your dream, especially like the travel places, I'm like, you know, never give up. Always find a way to do what you wanted to do because that's going to make you happy. That's what's going to make you fulfilled. And if it's serving others or whatever you choose to do in your life, just go for it. Never give up. Don't listen to the one, the nay, nay. Imagine where your life would be if you did listen to your mom saying you're never going to get into that high school. I wouldn't even try. Never going to get into that college. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, my mom was like that with everything in, in life. I mean, she's the most wonderful woman, but she just has completely different mindset than I do. And I'm like, you know, if I... You know, if you believe you can't, you can't. If you believe you can, you're going to do it. You're going to find a way. But it's just sometimes we all go through this period of time that you don't believe that it's possible. And suddenly, like, you know, I started to think recently that I would really, really wanted to go into coaching and start my own business. And, you know, I catch myself thinking, well, but I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know. I've never had a business. I love Get out of your brain. Get out of your head. And that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I am asking completely wrong questions. I'm like, where are my good questions? The questions that will actually lead me to getting started, something that I wanted to do. You know the other I mean? question you could ask is, why am I doubting myself? And that's another thing. I'm like, sometimes, you know, until now, I do the priming in the morning, not every single day, but when I do, it's just, it just changes your focus so much. And when I look at the gratitude or, you know, things that I'm proud of myself, 
that I've done, I'm like, girl, if you've done this and this and this, you can try this and this. What? I mean, I, I'm not risking, you know, uh, my mortgage or anything like that, that I'm going to lose it. It's just, you know, find the right ideas, questions, and find the right people and resources to go in the direction that you want to do. Because everything is possible when you put your mind into it. And when you focus... And you can do it like Walt Disney says. Yeah, and it's like, you know, once... When I was a little girl, I mean, I was... Hmm, um, I was a very interesting child. <laughs> That's why I'm so blessed with so many defiant children at school right now. No, it's called there. strong-willed and determined. Exactly. Well, and I'm like my children... I was very strong, well, very determined. Thank you. For and look at where it got you. Exactly. This is where it got me. So, you know, I dealt with so many situations like that in the past. Like, you know, I'm thinking how my mom felt when I was doing what I want to do. But I was like, I will always find a way to do things my way. Because, you know, and this is one of the biggest things, too, for me as a teacher. My job is to find a way to get to the kids. So they learn the best way they can learn because every single one of them is different. And I got to communicate with them differently. I still have high expectations for them, but I have to find a different way to get to them so they can become successful. It's just kind of like a mind reader, okay? Going along with successful so they can be successful. Exactly. How do you define success? See, I was thinking about it the other day, driving home, and thinking about it, you know, there's so many people that are defining success differently, right? And I'm thinking, what is success for me? I mean, success for me is to do what I wanted to do in life. Sometimes you don't want to do all the great things, but I still get to do what I want. But then we're thinking, is that going to bring me closer to what I want to be? But at the same time, success for me is to being able to help others, to be able to be independent financially, that I'm not waiting for anybody to help me, being able to do what I love. Because when I go to work, it's just not a day that I think I'm going to work. And do I have a bad day? Like once in a million years, because that's just my passion. It's such a passion for me that it never feels like a day at work. And, you know, we were talking, I mean, our principal was talking not long ago on a Zoom call about, you know, how stressful we are stressed out we are right now because everything is so so happening quickly and this and we gotta deal with that and you know even if you have a bad day it's okay to say you have a bad day and, and we are on the zoom call and then we had a turn to speak and i said to her you know what miss oliver i have to tell you something since i started to work at the school i never had a bad day and she goes what i'm like i don't because there's so much support there there's so many people that are there to help you and i do what i love so success for me is I was thinking like, you know, when I was in my 20s, I'll be successful if I actually will be able to come to USA. Oh, it's going to be a big success. But it evolves with you. So it can grow. It can be on a financial level or whatever, a career level, like always growing, always learning, always stepping up your game, always building something new. So, you know, it's if your goal at first to feel successful is make $20,000, and that's how I felt when I first came here. I was like, $20,000 I'm going to make a year? Wow, that's like being a millionaire in Poland when I was 12. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. But then later on, I'm like, you know what? My needs are changing. I want more things. I want a better life. So I think I got to step up my game and make a little bit more money. And, you know, the success is evolving with you as you evolve as well, I think. So, you know, if your goal is to be a beach uh, beach bum and that's all you want to do your entire life and that's what you're doing every day, you're going to feel successful because you're doing what you want to do. You know what I mean? I do. So I think that, you know, everybody has a different definition. For some people to feel successful, it's like you got to make a million dollars every month. You know what I mean? Because they're being defined by the finances. Some people are not. And, you know, it depends. How do you feel about success? I think being successful is being happy with where you're at, feeling fulfilled, and feeling like you are living your purpose. Yes, exactly. Live with passion. Oh, wait, that's the jacket I had on. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Awesome. Yeah, 
I really highly agree with that because that's the key to everything. Oh, oh yes. Absolutely. Love it. Love My it. favorite jacket. Yes. Since we were talking about success and none of us get there on our own, we you had talked about your mentor. I think you did that before we got on the call. But mm-hmm. what is the best piece of advice that you you've received so far in your life? or one of them? That's a very good question. I think I heard that on the radio this morning. <laughs> Someone I'm was talking about it on the radio. I didn't even what know. the best advice you ever got in my life? So far. So far. I mean, there's so many different advices that I got. But one of them is like, you always have to try. There's always a way. You just got to figure it out. And one of the biggest, most important things that I learned from Tony is life is happening for you, not to you. you. That changed like completely my outlook and asking questions like, okay, what if the problems are blessings? That's another thing. I, I look at myself, like, even when I lost this job, I'm like, oh, my God, this is a problem now. And then I'm like, okay, problems are blessing. How is that going to work? Okay, I got to figure it out. But problems are a blessing, blessings, because this is where the most growth is happening. Mm-hmm. This is where the most important things in your life will come to the place where they need to be, or you will go to the place where you need to go. Because when you have a problem, suddenly you're starting to think about solving it. And how do you solve it? You usually get a team of people that can help you. You figure out strategies, actions, books, and solutions that you never even thought about before. You're starting to think outside the box, take advice somebody, from somebody you would never even acknowledge. And usually when there is a problem like that and you focus on solution, people will come to your life that you never even expected will come with their right stories. People will come at the right time. And you follow the approach of, since you're a teacher, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. appear. That's another thing. So I call them advices, but that's, that's that's the biggest learnings that I had so far in life. And always keep your mind open. Focus on things that you want and finding the ways that will bring you closer to where you want to go. And it's not only about achieving goal but it's the journey it's like last summer i took the trip and i wanted to so go to this falls beautiful gorgeous come to wisconsin and we would have taken you to some falls oh that's gonna be on my list so i did that and you know what once i got to those falls i'm like okay five minutes i sold it but the journey was two hours to get there then I couldn't find the parking. Then I have to drive somewhere else. I'm like, oh, it's getting complicated. I like that. But I'm telling you, I'm going to find a way to get to those holes. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? And everywhere I tried to go, there was a challenge and I bumped into something. It just, for me, it always just motivates me. to th- Okay, where else can I park? Where else can I go? Maybe I can wait here. No, let's drive somewhere else. Oh, there's another fall over there. Maybe I want this. No, this is too small. Let's go back over there. <laughs> And it was never the destination. It's always the journey. It is the journey. And that's what I was like, you know, I saw the falls for five minutes, but I'm like, that journey was so much fun. I got to figure out things. (laughs) And it was really interesting. So you mentioned it motivates you. Like when you couldn't find a parking spot and you went to the next thing. Yes. How do you motivate yourself? Knowing I got these goals. I want to hit these goals. I want to do the next thing. I want to challenge myself. How do you motivate yourself? Well, recently I bumped into some problems with that. So um, there were some events in my life that happened that did not go exactly the way I wanted. And just there are certain consequences of that later. But anyway, let's keep it short. Um, I learned one thing about myself that when I'm being motivated, I have to either get super pissed with myself like pissed off to the point that I'm like, what are, you, what are you doing? Okay. And this will take me immediately to where I need to go. It's just like my, it's like a switch in my head. Boom. 
Now I know what I need to be doing. Because I know what I need to be doing. I'm just not doing it, right? And the second one is, like, you know, I can get motivated if I have certain, I don't know, events, something great happening in my life and stuff like that. And, you know, that um, what I notice is, like, you know, when Tony talks about the feelings like um, that you have and name them and what are the things that you're being driven by, you know, some people are happy, some people are sad, some people get pissed off that moves them to action. And it turned out I'm the one that needs to get really pissed off. So once I... <laughs> well, it works for me. Uh, it well, I think that might be that defiant little girl in you that, Mom, I'm going to do it anyway. Yes. It's called a rebel. And yeah, I know I had a rebel. Oh, and I wanted to... Yeah, but I'm doing it. I'm using the rebel to move me towards the goals that I want to do. Because let's say if I had to go on a diet or do something like that, let's say I want to lose weight and something like that. I just, I'm always about modifying and making it better and doing it my way and this and that. And I'm like, you know, sometimes you really do, you can't change ingredients because you're not going to get the same cookie. You know what I mean? It's just going to taste different, look different, or give you different results. So, you know, this was like the biggest thing for me always to stick to something page by page, letter by letter, number by number. I mean, I'm just, that's not my personality. So, you know, in order to, let's say, get rid of extra pounds or something like that, you really have to stick to it. And you have to have a full understanding that this is happening every single day. You just can't go to the gym once and expect to have results. So just get yourself. But, you know, I usually really get uh, to the point that I'm, like, getting upset about something or just, you know, trying to figure out a different way now. Like, you know, okay, in six months, I would like to go home to Poland because... I found out there's going to be some events happening, like, you know, my high school reunion, reunion from university or whatever. And then my brother changed the date of his wedding. So he's going to be getting married in summer. And I'm like, okay, that would be a great time for me to go because I usually go every three years and it's going to be three years. So I started to do things like to prepare myself and motivate and not shut down for things because I'm like, okay, it's a scary time to fly because you're not flying for an hour. This is like eight, nine hour flight. and just prepare yourself for that. Then I told, I'm talking to people about it and I'm getting excited and I'm like trying to figure it out. And I told my best friend like next day and she goes, well, I hope you have a Polish passport because the borders are shut down. I'm like, what? I didn't even know about it. So I sent my brother a message and I'm talking to him. He goes, yeah, I don't know they've shut down, but I got, I can figure it out. And I don't have a Polish passport anymore. And now everything is so postponed with COVID to even get any different documentation. So I'm like, no, how am I going to figure this one out? I'm like, I mean, I know everything can change every minute, but it's so hard to plan it. So what I'm trying to do is just to find a way how to do it and, and motivate myself to find a way instead of shutting down and giving up. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go. So I started to read online uh, on the embassy page yesterday information about it, you know, what are the exceptions? Because they have to have exceptions for people to let them exceptions into the country everywhere. for the foreigners. And I'm like looking, reading at it. And I'm like, holy sugar. It says that if your parent is a citizen of Poland, you can go. And I'm like, yeah, my mom is a citizen of Poland. I can go. I can I go think. home. Yeah, so I have to figure out the embassy. But, you know, my biggest strength that I have about myself is really not giving up always trying to find a way. I'm like, if this is not going to work, I'm going to find a different way. There's got to be a way around it, over it or under it or something else. And if I don't know that, I'm going to find somebody who does. Where so there's a it. will, there's yeah. a way. So that's how I motivate myself, you know. And every morning I'm like, you know, a few days ago I started to do this Joseph thing that I'm really looking at my goals. I'm setting up my alarm early. I went back to working out. I mean, I took a day off today because I was so sore that I'm like, woo. But, you know, I decided that, you know, my big goal right now is to go back for this year, is to go back to the way that I had before by June 30th. And also I have to start figuring out how to start my own coaching business. And I would have another interview with you about it some other time. We will chat, Sylvia. Yes. Oh, wait, I think I got a book that you could use, too. Oh, there you go. Remind me the name. You can go to Amazon and check out Be Happy in Both Worlds. You can have a exactly. successful career and a happy family. Thank you. It's a great point on that. 
and changing your mindset as to what it looks like. Mm -hmm. So after that shameless plug, I have one last question for you. Yes. If sitting here today, you, without doing any work, any effort, you could just snap your fingers and you could change anything about society today, what would you change? About society. Yep. What I would change. in which we live, society. What would you change about life today? You know, what I think that I would want it to change is for people to be more connected and kinder. But I think that since Corona hit it, um, things like that started to happen. And you know what? One thing I noticed since uh, one thing that we just live like this in a tunnel. It's a rat race. Go here. Go here. Oh, wait, go don't to the you mean we live go like here. this? We live like this on the phone. We are glued to that. We can't see other people or what's happening. So the first thing I noticed when everything shut down in my neighborhood, everybody started to walk. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that many people. I'm like, these people even live here? I didn't even know my neighbors. Now, suddenly, everybody's walking. When they're supposed to be shut in. (laughs) Yes. But that's the human nature. You can't shut it. So people started to connect with each other. They started to talk more. They started to be kind and more understanding and caring about other people. You know what I mean? It's just, I would go for a walk and the strangers are saying hi to me. Then previously, get out of the way. Everybody's trying to run you out, push you out of the way because they got only 20 and minutes for their workout. They're in a hurry like maniacs. And Corona kind of slowed it all down for everyone so people actually can stop and start to think what's important to them. That's another thing that I wanted to make sure that I would want it to change in society. Just slow it down. Take a deep breath. There is always tomorrow. And you don't have to be so harsh and mean to other people all the time. You know what I mean? It's just, we are here and together. Let's work together. Let's be respectful. Let's be kind. And now what happens, like, you know, even with the political world right now, like the big dream now is for people to unite again, for people to to be one, because that's what this country is built on. You know what I mean? It's just the respect that someone can have different views. It's just, but the most important thing, just be kind, help each other, acknowledge someone's problem. Don't think just about yourself and, you know, how miserable your life is. Just go out there, help others. It will change your point of view in so many ways. Well, not only will it change your point of view, it changes your mindset as well. Absolutely. Because the more you give, the more positive energy you're generating internally. Of course. And you're going to be more fulfilled as well. You know, helping, I mean... That, that's one of the things also why I teach, because it just gives me so many opportunities to go out there and give and teach them and give kiddos tools that they know that they can use later in life. It's just, you know, watching them read and write, I'm like, whoa, this is just unbelievable. It's like, oh, I'm so cool that I can actually give them these tools. I mean, reading and writing, it's like the most important thing in your life. You can't do anything without it. You know what I mean? Especially nowadays. That's the world we live in. It is. And you are such a hero, especially for those kiddos. So <laughs> thank, you. thank you, Sylvia. And I appreciate thank you. Time. And thank you so much. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. And I look forward to being a guest on your cat yes. podcast for your coaching business. Yes. Thank you so much.